Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Do you ever get inspired sometimes when you go on social media without like thinking, you know, there's something so wrong about this, but think of all the things that are good about it? Well, I do once in a while, and I feel like I have actually met some people through social media that I wouldn't have ever had a chance to meet before, um, just as a result of following them or the work that they do. Well, my guest today is just one of those situations. Barry Morgenstein is one of the most celebrated photographers of the entertainment industry to date, and he photographs everyone from TV stars to musicians to, um, gosh, everything in between, you name it, Um he does their pictures, their headshots, and they're wonderful and they're beautiful. And and you really wonder what it takes to be the type of photographer that can capture the essence of a person's personality and profession the way he does. So I thought, well, why not? Let's just talk about it. Even though we've never met, I know you from Facebook. So coming up, we're going to talk to Barry Morgenstein, who has photographed everyone from Paul McCartney to Bono to uh, some of the biggest dignitaries in the world, all the people you on the news and and musicians from bands of Michael Jackson, you name it. I just there are too many to name right here. So we're going to hear about his background, his story, how he got started and um, still has one of the most prolific businesses in photography in the world. So grateful to have Barry Morgenstein. And also, we have some good news today. Good news stories, per usual, with Jim Kleefeld, our guru of good news, at the end of every program. And it's all brought to you by the wonderful people at Balance of Nature. Fruits and veggies in a capsule. Balance of Nature is... There is just so much about it, and I talk about it every day on my morning show because I just want to share with people. So many people ask me, Laura, what is that balance of nature really like? And then I start to talking about it, and I sound like I'm doing a commercial. But that's because there is so much good to say about the product. What do you say about a product that is 100% natural? There is literally not an unnatural aspect to the product. It is fruits and vegetables and nothing else. That's it. Fruits and vegetables, 32 of them that have been selected by Dr. Douglas Howard to be the ones that work the most in concert with each other to bring you the most impact on your nutritional life. 32 fruits and vegetables. And when you take three and three capsules a day, three of the veggies, three of the fruits, you get 10 servings per day of fruits and vegetables, which is what we're supposed to have. Um, sadly, I don't think many of us can get in 10 servings a day. It's hard to do. It's expensive. It's a lot of work. Um, and often we'll buy stuff and then it goes bad before we even get to it. Balance of nature takes all of that out of it, makes it easy on you. And affordable as well. And it's a game changer. It is a game changer. If you hear the commercials or you watch them on TV, everyone they have talking about are people who have been taking the product for a long time and it's changed their lives. There's no actors that are, you know, chosen for these commercials. They are real people who take them. Like me, I've been taking them for 12 years. Kathy Lee Gifford, who you've seen on TV talking about it, she has been taking them for years. And she decided to call the company and say, I'd like to be a spokesperson for this because I have never taken such an amazing product in my life. It is that authentically good for you. 
in so many ways, too much to go into right now. So you can find out for yourself. Why not order a set today and get in on what so many of us have found out, that balance of nature is a true game changer for your health, for your nutrition, and your mental clarity, too. It's a wonderful, it makes you feel like you have peace of mind. Gives you peace of mind knowing that you're getting the nutrition you need every day. Super easy to order. You just go to Balance of Nature. Dot com balanceofnature.com but please put in my name into the promo code that way they know you heard it here on the way home and you will also get 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping always so put Laura into the promo code when we come back esteemed photographer Barry Morgenstein don't go away it's the way home welcome back you're listening to the way home with Laura Smith There's a few people that I never met in person, but I, well, not stalk them, but I follow them so closely on social media um, because I love what they do. I love their work that I feel like I know them. And this is one of those situations where I have been following Barry Morgenstein. He is an award-winning photographer, probably the biggest in the entertainment industry, one of them for for decades and decades. And I love so much watching what he posts, his different pictures of, of different people. And then also just his, his, his wonderful commitment to, and to all things, uh, veterans and just his, just his whole attitude. He's just for me, uh, an all American and, and makes me feel happy whenever I see the beautiful work that he does. So I reached out. I said, Hey, Barry, would you mind coming on the show? I want to hear about the life of an amazing photographer, somebody who has literally I mean, countless um, amounts, famous people, but then also, like I said, veterans, regular people, too. You just have such an incredible gift. And I like hearing the backstories of how people got where they are. And this is one of those situations where I love to hear uh, where you got your start. I know it had something to do with music in the beginning, but then morphed into something that we know you for now. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. That's so, yes, yeah, finally. finally, finally, <laughs> it's great. And it put a voice with a face, too, because you don't often know what people sound like. Right. Um, but so, Barry, you you went. How old were you? You were playing in a band first, right? Before right. you picked up the camera. Yeah, that's you were dating like, someone in a band and playing right. guitar well, in a band. Right. She was a singer. Like my girlfriend it was my early 20s. Um, I didn't get into photography till that's not something I was interested in in high school or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I was playing guitar. I was in a band and. Girl, the singer was my uh, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, you know it was one of those things. I realized I wasn't going to be have a future as a musician. I just wasn't talented. You know, I just I love music, um, love being around musicians, and I just happened to pick up the camera one day and started 
taking pictures of like my girlfriend, my buddies in the band and fellow musicians. I realized, you know what, since I have this love for music, I, I can't be connected through playing, but I could, I know how to capture musicians. I cause I had such a good feeling for it. So I know how to capture them. And I just started shooting a lot of my friends who are musicians and eventually got a job for a big rock and roll photographer in New York as his assistant. And he started sending me out shooting concerts and I started making connections with record companies, magazines, and, you know, kind of just made it on my own. And that that kind of is what led me to photography. Sounds like a dream come true sort of trajectory. Um, You know, a lot of people, you know, I mean, it sounds sort of serendipitous that you picked Mm -hmm. up the camera. But when you did, I mean, obviously, this is pre-cell phone days when everybody has a camera at their fingertips, right? So you, you must have had a camera. What kind of camera did you have back then? Oh, you know, I don't, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, it was probably wasn't a great one. Um, I don't even know why I had it or maybe my parents. Where you got it? Nothing. I don't remember anything about that. I just know I had this camera and I picked it up and I started shooting. And, uh, you know, eventually I got a better equipment. But, yeah, back then it was not a great camera. But I just knew I, I, I had the eye for it. That's what's most important. You know, it's not even well, I find it, camera, yeah. not having that eye. So. That's, like I think, what, what differentiates people, right? It's what you capture. Absolutely. You can get two people doing the exact same subject and something there's something about one over the other that rings true. What is that? So that capturing, well, what yeah, is, it? One... is it an energy or is it a, a perspective or is it the way like that, that Japanese guy says the way you look at water drops or, and the, the, the goodness you infuse on them actually makes them change their shape. I mean, do you think that is the beauty sometimes is in the eye of the beholder or the photographer? I think so. It's like, I think somebody, one person could have maybe say a twenty thousand dollar camera. Next person could have a thousand dollar camera. If that person with thousand has the feel and the the, uh, the the emotion for it, or just has the eye, then they're going to get a better shot. It doesn't really matter as much about the quality of the equipment. It's just something that I don't know. It's like maybe as an actor or musician, has to be built. It has to be inside you. You know, something that yeah. that you just have. I don't know if you're born with it or what, but you just have to have that that creative eye. I was the yearbook photographer in my senior year, and I loved it. That's back when we we had a dark room at the school. Mm -hmm. So we developed all our own pictures, and I still have the yearbook with all the pictures that I took, and I remember them. The only thing, and I had a a Konica, I think it was called. Is that that a real name? I couldn't remember what I had, too. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it could have been. And it it was easy. But I have to say, I'm not proud of myself because as much as I loved photography, I never learned how to actually take a good picture with all that aperture stuff and the lighting right. that I didn't know. I mean, one thing is to have a good eye to capture, which I was able to do that, but I did not have the technical expertise. How did you get that? Was that something you just learned on the fly as you were starting out? I learned most mostly that way. I, I did go to a school in New York for a few months for the International Center of Photography, but you know, that was really more about dark room stuff, like you said. Uh, as far as shooting, I worked for an assistant. I mean, I, I worked as an assistant to a photographer. I watched what he was doing. And I think the best thing is you, I tell people now is you pick up a camera and you just start keep shooting and just keep shooting and maybe look at people that you admire, maybe try to copy their style. And eventually you'll get, hopefully get your own style, but it's more about just keep shooting and practicing, you know, with the camera, you know, you can only go to school so much. You really have to just do it. And you learn. just have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So when you got that gig, I mean, I can imagine it sounds to me like it's almost like you sort of just sort of naturally, flew, you know, kind of flowed into that direction. You get this gig with this big photographer for musicians. What was that like? And who was that person and who were you uh, taking pictures of at that time? Yeah, he well, he was a big uh, rock and roll photographer, uh, Mark Weiss, and this is his name. And he was known 
in those days, she's our all the heavy metal groups, I guess, because that was big back then. And, you know, it's not my thing, but that's that was big. And he was shooting them. So he would send me out. Um, but, you know, the best thing was I would assist him on on studio shoots with a lot of famous musicians. But he'd start sending me out to the concerts because he started an agency and I started shooting. So I started shooting some great concerts and again, working for record companies and just made my connections and yeah. went on my own after two years. And I did my thing, you know. You know, what were some like, of your your most iconic favorite concerts, musicians? What are some? I know the list is vast because I've yeah, seen it, but it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've shot like uh, I guess my favorite was Paul McCartney. You know, being a big Beatles fan, so that was that was pretty amazing. You know, I've shot some great people like Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's you know, one of my favorite photos, live photos. Um, BB King, people like that. So I've, I, I did get to shoot some legends, Chuck Berry. Uh, you know, so uh-huh. you know, I, I sell these photos on my on T-shirts and frame photos. So it's nice to have the, a good library of some of these great legends. I, I saw a, a photograph that you posted the other day that was kind of vintage, but you said at the time it was your most famous. It was Bono. Um, oh gosh, so I'm trying press, to, it was, uh, Bono, Sting, and Brian Adams. It was at a press conference. I was hired. By a con for a concert, Amnesty International. It was a charity concert. Amnesty International, that's <clears throat> right. And so, and, yeah, it was a cool press conference, and I was up close and uh, got to get this nice shot. So I loved it though because it wasn't it wasn't a posed shot. Brian Adams' yeah. tongue is kind of sticking out, and right. Bono's looking off into the distance, and Ryan Ad- or Ryan Adams' tongue was sticking right. out or something. And Sting yeah. is there, looking so young and so right. fabulous, and it's right. just so, like a moment in time, and it's just. Yeah. Phenomenal to me um, that you're able to have that. Once you took those types of photographs, were you? Did you have the rights to them, or do you? Oh, for the most part, I did. For the most part, yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah, that's why now I again, yeah, you know, I, I have T-shirts with some of them myself, and I sell. And them Michael Jackson, you, you, yeah, and I have some great shots of Michael Jackson, which is pretty when cool. was that in a show or did? Yeah, that was in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. It was a, uh, I think, his bad tour. When I don't know, maybe uh-huh. I don't remember what year that was, but yeah, so maybe '88. But yeah, so uh, uh-huh. yeah. So. And when you're the photographer like that in a situation like that, do you get to meet the people, or are you just uh, sort of like a fly on the wall? Sometimes I do. In Jackson's case, no. Uh, but there are times I was backstage a lot, and I got to meet people. So that that was pretty amazing. I, I was uh, Elton John's official photographer for two nights at Madison Square Garden again oh, wow. at '87. Um, and so I was backstage and I had a quick handshake with him, which, which was pretty cool, you know? So, oh, uh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Give us some of your other, what, what would be your favorites? Uh, musicians or just anybody? Any, well, anybody, cause that's true. You also, obviously it wasn't just musicians. Then you then morphed into all types of people in the entertainment yeah, industry. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, as far as music again, like it was McCartney, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Chuck Berry. Cause I love, I love classic rock. I love blues. So, uh, some of those people were some of my favorites. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I love, like you mentioned earlier, I love shooting veterans, um, photographing veterans. I love uh, being around veterans and law enforcement. Um, they're just like great guys and my favorite guys to, sh- to photograph. You know, I just love being around them. And, uh, you know, so those are some of my favorites these days. Yes. And you do a lot of that as pro bono work um, to sort of give back. It's your way of giving back and, You've had articles written about it, and you really do give back. You go to these events uh, with Gary Sinise, correct? I did the one, yeah, that was in South Carolina. That was that was pretty amazing. Uh, well, I've worked with his organization a few times, uh, and uh, Independence Fund was was involved with him too, which is a great organization. Um, yeah, I just I, I I went to South Carolina, and they had a week of 
uh, veterans like kind of getting away with with their spouses and uh, just some activities. And the week ended with with Gary Sinise concert. And I went down. Basically, I volunteered for a few days. We did. I brought my makeup team. And what we did was we photographed the, the veterans spouses or caregivers who mm-hmm. normally don't have time for themselves. You know, they're always taking care of the husband, brother or whatever, uh, father and uh, or wives. Um, anyway, so we made them look beautiful with makeup. We did. I did headshots of them. And it was an amazing couple of days of just making these people feel great and giving them great photographs to remember. So, and I'm still a lot of those people. So, and uh, yeah, then at the end of the week, we, I got to photograph the Lieutenant Dan band, Gary Sinise. And uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, completely. And I saw some of the, the touching photos that you took as well. Um, Some people, some veterans in the audience there, there's one particularly, I, I literally got tears in my eyes and goosebumps when I was looking just at the photograph. And apparently um, you had said that uh, Lee Greenwood's, um, I love the USA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this veteran was listening to it and crying and his wife had her arm around him. And it just, it just, he was a Vietnam vet, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, I I love that. I love that shot too. Thanks. It's just so touching. And, and, And that's where photography, I think, becomes something so much more that it becomes a record of sorts. It becomes a, moment in time it's a history it's a his, living history um at, for for people and and it captures the it can capture the best and the worst obviously of humanity you've chosen to focus on the best and you do so and it's it's wonderful and you're very unabashed about it and i love on facebook you're very strong about just feeling about your love for our country right. our love for our veterans our love for first responders and the police force you're not apologetic about that at all and it it makes me happy that's one of the reasons i really started following you because i just i loved how you stood up you stood for you know you stood for all of these things and these people and these causes that you believe in um and you you the photography almost becomes a, a beautiful secondary part of just your your heart for these groups of people and just humanity in general and just picking out the best things of our country i like that so i look at that and then you also, I mean, you do politicians as well. I think you, the the one I saw yesterday, which I absolutely loved, and I'm probably because I'm such a fangirl, but Tucker Carlson, you have the mm. most beautiful shot of Tucker Carlson. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great experience. I got to go um, fly out to his, his uh, location where he, where he lives and where he has a studio. And uh, he was just, you know, like he would, like he appears just a nice regular guy. And we got to spend the day with him taking pictures and uh, spending time in his uh, studio. And yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, he was—he's just a nice guy. Yeah, that was my favorites. Was it really? Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a beautiful picture. So you Thanks. can follow Barry Morgenstein, who's my guest right now. He is truly one of the biggest photographers in the entertainment industry, and he does everything from headshots for actors to, as I said, politicians, uh, veterans, uh, movie stars, you mm-hmm. name it. He will, he will shoot anyone. I, even your, your photographs of children are just so incredible. Oh, thank the you. People, yeah, I love so, sometimes yes. they're the best. <laughs> sometimes they're the biggest hands and, you know, sometimes adults can get nervous and kids will just like go right into posing. And, you know, so what's a typical day in Barry Morgenstein's life? You, you, you're you living in New Jersey, but your studio's in Manhattan. Right. And so what people just call you up, they need their latest headshot or they do, do yeah, you ever go out on location besides like oh, Tucker yeah. Carlson? 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do it. I, I do. I go maybe if it's um, at an office, I, I can do a whole. I do a lot of business people. I do a lot of attorneys, doctors. So maybe they'll have me go to their uh, office uh, and shoot twenty attorneys in one day for their website. So yeah, I'll do that. I'll go on location. Uh, I go to. I think I mentioned you earlier. I go to the D.C. Virginia area three times a year, and I I do a weekend of headshots. I have a great team down there, uh, assistants, hair, and makeup, and we just have a fun weekend. And we're just like back to back. Uh, just shoot a bunch of headshots, you know, through the weekend. And I shoot, yeah, like you said, politicians, actors are there, uh, newscasters. I do a lot of, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so, but uh, mainly it's my New York studio. That's, that's my main location. So yeah, I'll just I'll take a drive in to the city and uh, which is not bad, not too bad. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I have a great makeup and, uh, team there too. Yes, I, I see pictures of sometimes your makeup crew. And mm-hmm. I remember I had I was a theater major. I went to Adelphi on Long Island for four years of conservatory theater. And so we had to get a headshot like in our senior year. And I still have it. And I think it is the worst picture of me <laughs> that I've ever taken. I remember feeling so disappointed and I couldn't figure out why. And to this day, I look at that. and it, it, Well, it's just the you know, it. I'm not going to say it was the photographer because maybe it was the way I wasn't sitting right or whatever. But I think there's something about a photographer that can bring out the best in people. So you're you're bringing out things because when I look at all your headshots and I love you do all these montages of very, you know, well-known people. And then some are people that I've never seen before. But there you bring out something. What is it, Barry, that you are looking for if I'm not giving away your secret sauce, what is it that you are looking to bring out um, to make that shot so memorable? What is it? I think it just people come to my studio and they're comfortable with me. I'm just kind of a laid back regular guy and we have fun. I always have music playing. I have my uh, my famous jukebox at the studio, which is <laughs> I, mean, I, oh. play, I have a good set list. At least you know, I think then people usually appreciate my music and I always have great music playing and you know, we we just try to make the main thing is to make the client and uh, the subject com- comfortable, you know, because they can be nervous. A lot of times they're nervous taking their pictures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard stories where they say, oh, my God, I went to a photographer and he was like so rude or not friendly. And he was a little impatient. It's like, well, you know, how could you do that? You're supposed to make your subject feel like at home. So, yeah, we just we just kind of hang out. And we talk. Well, maybe while they're doing makeup, we'll talk to them and, you know, and just just again, music's playing, you know. Yeah. Maybe a little wine if they need it, you know. So, <laughs> that yeah. might do it. Yeah, yeah right, not exactly. red wine because then you'd end up with purple teeth yeah, or something like true. that. <laughs> but truly, you have this special thing. I look at all of your shots and it's like, wow, you just nailed it. It just captures this this essence. And some of them are playful and some of them are sultry and some of them are super professional. Mm. There, It runs the gamut. So do people come to you and say to you, I'm looking for this type of headshot? Or do you sort of do a gamut? of different poses and shots and then try to pick from those. Yeah, no, it's different. Well, it depends on what they're coming in for. Like an actor, maybe will need different uh, emotions and expressions and they'll do different outfits. Um, you know, just if it's a business person or an attorney, then I know what they're going to need. It's pretty basic. They just need a good por- professional portrait of themselves. Um, you know, TV news anchor too. They have that a certain look too that they all need to, but yeah. So, you know, once I know what they do and what they're using it for, I'll, I know what I need to do when they get there. I'll tell them what, kind of clothes they should bring for sure i recommend clothing okay. you know suggestions and yeah and so for now what going over three decades you've been doing this correct yes yeah do you is your passion still there oh definitely yeah no i love it yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything else i love you wouldn't I trade it for the world 
Now, I I often see really good pictures of you, and I'm wondering, how is he getting this? Did he set the timer and he's like setting up in his own backdrop or whatever? Because there's like some really great pictures of you on your website. Thanks. Yeah. Well, usually I get, you know, I'll just set up the lights and I'll have my, maybe my assistant. uh, And so my assistants are photographers too, uh, or even my makeup artists have done, taken some decent shots of me too. So, uh, yeah. And once in a while, I'll throw in a, a selfie or two. So. A selfie or two. Well, speaking of a uh, self, and this is a little more on the personal note, but I did notice because you shared it with the world that you met somebody special at this time of your life, which mm-hmm. I, I think gives a lot of us hope that are maybe still thinking like, you know, we might find the one or whatever, but it was fun to watch the trajectory of when you met Shelly. Is her right. name correct? That's my wife. Yeah. And then to the, the wedding. And oh my goodness, those pictures were so incredibly beautiful, but I mean, what a team you guys make. She is just otherworldly. She looks like a movie star, but she looks so beautiful and kind. And and the two of you together with like some of the different shots. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. Now, do you have a photographer that you go to for those moments that you need to have special? Uh, we do. Well, just for our wedding, obviously, I, I hired a local wedding photographer uh, who was great. Uh, but we just we do a lot of selfies ourselves. <laughs> you know, we just yeah, we just like taking pictures or we'll take pictures of each other, too. Uh-huh. She, she's a good photographer with the cell phone. She does a pretty good job. She does decent photos. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she's amazing. I found her across the country in Arizona. So, yeah. So Oh, you met her in Arizona? Well, I met her on Instagram. OK. Arizona. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's yeah. incredible. Well, yeah, I think amazing, great story. Yeah, she's she's the best, and I'm very lucky. Yeah, oh, funny and- story that you mentioned. She looks like a movie star. We were at a big event in D.C. about two weeks ago, uh, CPAC. <clears throat> so it was a whole weekend, and there's a lot of my clients were there, <clears throat> friends and clients. You know, we both walked in, and uh, here I thought, you know, I would be walking in. Oh, that waved everybody. Everybody's going to know me, and so everybody just recognize oh Shelly it's like we know you from Barry's page or whatever she was the star of the show so like nobody wanted to talk to me <laughs> so well I, tell you. I, think I love it I don't blame them was, I loved it so and she doesn't like attention too so I was I was kind of laughing it's like you know I was loving it you know seeing her getting all that attention so yeah they just right. loved it. yeah well that that's what you and I were talking about right before we came on to do the show and that's that that is one of the good things about social media when you can start to follow people that you didn't know before, but you appreciate them. And then you really can eventually truly become friends. You know, you friend somebody that you don't know and it's not to stalk them, but it is to be just because you appreciate what you see that they're posting. And it's amazing how, how you can forge these connections that become Mm -hmm. kind of meaningful. And and it's it's funny you said that because sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was going to say what made help made me reach out to her too obviously a beautiful girl, but I wasn't going to be one of those people who just reach out to somebody because they're a beautiful girl. But she was with uh, mutual friends. I saw she was also a, um, also a big uh, veteran supporter. Mm-hmm. She was ready to run the Marine marathon in DC. And I saw, and I was going to be in the area. So I did reach out to her letting her know in case you ever need photos. But, um, but I felt comfortable. She was with uh, some fellow veterans that I knew we had mutual friends. So I'm like, oh, that's uh, she's a uh, that's pretty cool. She's, that helps. That was some it cool did. people. So I felt comfortable to reach out, and we kind of hit it off right away. And she's here now. She moved just to sort Georgia. of instant. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So it there, hang in there, people. There is hope for you <laughs> if you're looking for the right one. Sometimes. You know, God in the universe saves the best for last. You know, we're not, not that you're that old. You're not that old, Barry. I'm not yeah, saying that. Old. It's just yeah. that, no. <laughs> He's 62 this Saturday, actually. 
Really? Okay, yeah. 62. Well, you, yeah. you're ageless to me with your Jimi Hendrix t-shirt you're wearing. Oh, yeah, it shows my age, yeah. My yeah, take, we do these uh, these <laughs> things on Zoom, these uh, interviews on Zoom so that I, I actually get to see them, but it truly is. So um, you're open for new business if people want, so it's an ongoing thing. You're, you absolutely. haven't like capped out at the, you know, no, your, no, no, your limit. People can contact me, they can find me on my website, then I'm on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, just look up my name. Uh, yes. Twitter. And that would be Barry Morgenstein, M O R G A N S T E G E N. Sorry, forgive me. Morgenstein. And yes, Barry for the first name. And you'll see him because he's always wearing like a great jean jacket with the American flag on it or Jimi Hendrix t shirt or something like that. Obviously, you're very, um, you know, poetic and musical within the work you do, but those headshots and the, the other shots as well, all of them are just incredibly unique and in their own right, they're just, they're really quite perfection and it's fun to, to watch your work and thank you for, for sharing it and being so open to some stranger just calling you and saying, Hey, can you be on my radio show? I love what you do. No, you're great. Actually, I really loved it. Thank you. I really appreciate well, that. Thank you. Well, again, if you, and if you're looking for a headshot, whether it's professional or just something more, uh, just a keepsake, something to uh, make your life beautiful for the rest of your life. BarryMorganstein.com is his website. Thank you so much for joining us today and say hi to Shelly. I will. She's downstairs. I'll say hello. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home and we'll be right back. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life and I had to start again. With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget The men who died, who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Hi Here's a minute of purpose, improving your life 60 seconds at a time. Walking is one of the best and easiest things you can do for your health. It reduces stress, lowers blood pressure, and does much more. But admit it, it can get a little boring. So here are some fun ways to kick it up a notch. There are great apps like News in Slow French or Coffee Break Chinese that will help you learn a new language. GreatCoursesPlus.com features top-shelf lectures about things like opera or history. BrainHQ.com has lots of fun games to try on your walk so you'll get smarter and healthier. You can make your walk more fun by adopting a dog temporarily. Senior centers can hook you up with an older person who might not be able to give their pooch the exercise it needs. So next time you step out, Bring along one of these fun partners and get more from your daily walk. This has been your Minute of Purpose. Find more now at nowwithpurpose.com.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, last month was uh, Black History Month. This month, Women's History Month. And, you know, so many important topics and too little time in one month, of course, isn't enough to cover it all. But I'm grateful to have Kitty Cheney Reed on. She's the Vice President, Chief Leadership, Culture and Inclusion Officer at IBM. IBM always at the forefront, it seems like, Kitty, um, for bringing issues of of diversity in the workforce and inclusion. I, I, I'm interested in a lot of the studies that you've been been doing, but also in the actual uh, work that you do to bring so many different uh, people back into the workforce. For example, women who may have spent time working from home during the pandemic or time at home raising children, wanting to get back into the workforce and making sure that they have a place um, and an opportunity within the company. IBM is so good at that. So tell us all that you're doing on that front. Um, I'm surprised. I was surprised by some of the statistics that I read that there's still sort of a, a lack of uh, female representation in in the corporate world. I've, I've just looked at my own career over the past 30 years. And when I started in radio, there were maybe two of us two women in the entire company. Um, you know, it was a very male dominated area. Now I look at my company and our, our, a lot of our corporate heads are female and, and people within the structure. So I feel like there has been progress made, but I'm sure from your perspective and with all your background knowledge, you know that there's more to be done. Indeed. So first of all, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Um, secondly, yes, we have made progress mainly in the C-suite. I think what's alarming is the middle management pipeline. So we have not quite sufficiently fed the pipeline. Um, And that puts us at jeopardy in terms of creating um, parity at the very top of the funnel. And I think there are many things that that companies can do um, to move ahead in this space. I think one of those things, and probably the most important, is making gender equity a business priority, just like, um, you know, revenue goals and profitability goals. Um, Because the studies show that when women are in senior level positions, when there is diversity at the top, then performance improves. Revenue, profitability, and engagement um, across uh, you know, all of the aspects of operating a company. And so when you're talking about that that middle area, what, give us an example of what some of those types of roles would be. Um, I, I obviously understand that there's the CEO level and then there's the entry level too, but what would the middle level look like? So middle managers are senior managers, um, people who, you know, have responsibility for teams and really, if, if you think about it, they run significant portions of the company, um, but they're not necessarily the top decision makers in the organization. So managers and senior managers, people who, you know, run components of the business are, are the people we're talking about, people who have not yet made it to the executive ranks. I see. And so that's where you'd like to see more placement. And where do you find that that workforce, um, both diverse and 
you know, where do you find them? Are they are they coming back to work after hiatus of raising kids or who are these core people? It's really a great question. We do a number of things to bring women into IBM. One of the things that you've highlighted is something we call our our reentry programs. We actually bring women who've taken a break from work to raise kids or for whatever, or to take care of aging parents back into the workforce. So we, we bring them back in roles where they actually have a lot of support around them. And um, at the end of a period of, you know, a few months, we assess whether they're ready to return full time. And if they are ready to return full time, we make every effort to um, to bring them into full time roles, permanent roles. Another place that we look for women is in our early professional hire um, area. So people who have been out of college a year, a year and a half, uh, maybe. And we also look to bring women into non-traditional roles that maybe don't require a college degree. We do that work with um, an organization called 110. We also offer things like Skills Build, uh, where we offer training and education free of charge to to women and underrepresented um, minorities, um, so that they they have an opportunity to break into technical opportunities like they might not have had uh, without that assistance. So many many programs like those are the mechanisms we use at IBM to make a difference when it comes to women in the workplace. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I know you have similar things, like you said before, for for young people, for for people that don't have a college degree, but have some life experience that could be applicable. I know IBM is just really always working on on bringing new energy and uh, new ideas into your workforce. Now, for people who hear the words like um, inclusion, culture, diversity, and things like that, and worry that people might be getting a leg up simply because they're a minority over somebody who may have more experience. How do you approach that part of the conversation for people? That's a really good question. Um, And so being a Black female myself, I could tell you that nothing has ever been given. Um, Everything has been earned. And I think what I'm so grateful for is people who have given me the opportunity to showcase my talents and make a contribution. And that's where the game begins. That's where it starts is really being open to looking at diverse candidates, um, both female and underrepresented minorities, um, and really letting the best talent win, but allowing them the opportunity to compete is what's important to us. And looking in places that we would not traditionally look for that talent. So putting effort behind that, but not sacrificing the quality of the talent or circumventing you know, fair hiring practices when it comes to, um, to making decisions about who gets the chair. So that's, mm. that's really how it works. 
And that's comforting to know because, you know, a lot of, uh, I think it's, you know, the conversation is being hijacked just by people out of fear thinking that, well, other people are going to be promoted simply based on the fact that they're, like I said, either a minority or, and they want more inclusion and diversity, but everyone wants to feel that everyone has a fair shot based on their value and based on their their skills and their the the merit of their ability to do the job but it sounds like you have struck the perfect balance in making it available to everyone and encouraging everyone and yet um also of course promoting those within that need you know the opportunity to do so because they have all the goods and everything it means. So thank you for that. This is wonderful. IBM is one of those legacy companies I think about all the time that has just always been there, and it always seems to stay up with the times. Um, you know, it, it just it seems like it's always trying to grow with the world as it grows, and and I think it's a great thing. I'm grateful that it's there that people can can really find out and learn how maybe they have a place there and can really start or continue a career. Um, tell us what's the best place to to reach you or that department or, or anywhere in IBM that could get them started on the process. So please go take a look at IBM.com. Look for um, the Institute Business or the Value of um Institute um, business value. And Mm -hmm. please look for the study that says um, in the hashtag that's women dash leadership dash 2023. And that should take you to our IBV page. And you should be able to see this year's study along with last year's studies um, and prior year's studies. Um, And that will help you um, to understand kind of where we are as a company. And if you're interested in working for us, you can go to the recruiting page of IBM.com um, and look for uh, ways to join our company there. There, Wonderful. IBM.com or IBM.com slash IBV for that study. And uh, look also for the recruiting page when you go there. Thank you so much, Kitty Cheney. Thank you very much for joining us today and for all that you do. Kitty Cheney Reed, I should say, Vice President, Chief Leadership, Culture and Inclusion Officer at IBM. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Take good care. You too. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. So we're at that point in the program where, as always, we love to end on a high note, a, a real happy note. And for that, we choose our good friend, Jim Cleefield. Jimmy Dean, what did you find out there? I didn't get a chance to read what you sent me, so it's going to be a big surprise for me. Um, I like to see and read what you're going to do each week because it's always stuff that makes me feel good even before we do the program together. But I didn't hear this week. So what are you going to hit us with first? Well, you do love surprises, don't you, LJ? Well, we'll talk about this first story out of Florida. A two-year-old girl uh, is on the mend, I'm happy to say, after being found face down in a swimming pool, an above-ground swimming pool in Volusia County, Florida, specifically De Leon Springs, a couple of Sundays ago, not too long ago, while a family member was watching their mother's children. Now, fortunately, uh, quickly, the woman was able to get this to year old girl out of the pool very quickly that there was one problem though here neither she 
not her, anybody else whatsoever knew how to do CPR. Well, as she called 911, fortunately, one of the dispatchers, Thomas Eggers, was able to talk her through on the phone, step by step, how to do the CPR process with the child, right up to the point where they said, let's do 30 compressions, right? Well, as soon as that happened, fortunately, the 911 crews and rescue crews, fire crews were on scene, and one of the deputies was able to come in. Uh, his name is uh, Kalen Darcy, and he was able to uh, revive the child. Happy to say the child was able to be responsive and was crying, had to be taken to the hospital with serious injuries, and had to be treated. But thankfully, I'm happy to say that that child is going to make a full recovery. So, I mean, very fortunate for this woman uh, and the child. I mean, it just how it happened to got to that point, I don't know. But the fact is that they were able to act so quickly that they were able to talk her through the whole process, do the CPR, and the child is going to make the full recovery. So, I mean, that really could have been a real hairy experience, but he can safely say their families are breathing much easier now. Oh, thank goodness for that. Always, uh, you know, when, when something like that, when you hear about, you know, children that are in a precarious situation like that. And LifeVac, which is this uh, wonderful product that I've been talking with the owner and formulator of it, which is a a product that heals you from, uh, not heals you, excuse me, it actually aids in releasing whatever is obstructing your airwaves. And it helps little children. It helps older adults. It helps everybody in between, any human. You can even do it on yourself, this LifeVac product helps people from not choking. And just this week alone, I read um, from the founder and the creator of the product that three children were saved just this week by using the, their families using life back on them. One as young as a 10-month-old baby. So uh, when I hear stories about this, of, of children being saved like that, it's just because I can think of absolutely nothing worse than being in a situation where your child is in danger and it just makes all the difference in the world when, uh, oh, can you imagine how how happy that, that mother is? And, oh, my goodness. But anyway, and always the people that are the heroes that are always around, it seems like they're sort of like angels, I the think. The first responders. First responders. They are truly angels walking this earth. Beautiful stuff. What else do you have, Jim? And then there's a proud owner of property management company in upstate New York who actually made a wonderful deal to get it. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the price tag was, but Brock Vigenovich, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly here, was able to make a deal with the owner. But uh, initially, he was outbid by somebody who was willing to pay $100,000 for this property, his first apartment building that he wanted to own. But the uh, owner basically said to him, I'm going to make a deal with you here. I'm going to cut the price tag in half to $50,000, okay? In exchange for one thing, could you please take care of a 93-year-old resident by the name of Alice Schumann? He said, deal. Well, here's what happened. He bought the property, and he decided, okay, uh, she found out that this woman, Alice, has been living in this very apartment building dating back to the previous owner. You know how much she was paying in rent every month? $200 for 60 Years now. I mean, at the time when rent is about 10 times that amount or $2,000 these days, that previous owner never raised her rent one cent whatsoever. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing he did for her. Well, anyway, the new property manager said, I'm going to keep it the same thing, $200. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to do her errands. And he's been doing that on a regular basis, checking up on her until she was physically unable to take care of herself and had to be taken to the hospital not too long ago. Well, guess what? He decided to take this a step further, Brock did. He hired a lawyer to become her legal guardian. Isn't that nice? Mm. So when she got to the hospital, he kept the apartment empty for her in case at some point she ever came home, which unfortunately she never did. We'll talk about that in a little bit in a moment or so. But the point is this, like he was uh, doing errands for her, bringing her flowers and food. In fact, there was a running joke on one of the hospital floors that she had a boyfriend. 
Not exactly. Ah. Okay. But a young boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that's just really looking out for her. Anyway, he stayed right with her, and uh, she unfortunately passed away from pneumonia last January. But the point is this. He was there with his mom in the hospital right to the end. I mean, he was right there for her. So you can put a price tag on a lot of things, LJ. You can put a price tag on a house, a car, an apartment. There's one thing you can't put a price tag on, and you know what that is? Kindness. That's all. Mic drop. That's all I'm going to say. That's right. How wonderful. Isn't that incredible? So selfless. And when I hear things like that, it gives me hope for sure. Absolutely. And she'd left this very long life that she led, knowing that she was cared for, that she was honored, that she was loved. And what more can we want than that when when we do leave this planet and we go to the great beyond is to know that someone cared. Beautiful things, and uh, I think that's just the perfect way to end the program today. I want to thank Barry Morgenstein, our esteemed photographer, the really most prolific photographer right now in the business. And you can see all of his beautiful work and even maybe get a headshot done of your own or have a session with him. Go to barrymorgenstein.com. And once again, thank you to Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, and Life Vac. You can find Life Vac, which saves you from choking or the, your loved one at lifevac.net. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Show somebody that you care and that you love them and that you'll be with them till the end as well. Have a fantastic week.